Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hey, Clever Investors, and welcome to another show. The title of today's show are Australians following the Japanese by working themselves to death. Eggs are a symbol of new life, fertility, and in many traditions, a sign of rebirth. In some cultures, eggs are actually associated with spring and the renewal of nature, while in others, they're seen as a symbol of creation in the cycle of life itself. In religious contexts, eggs sometimes represent this spiritual renewal and resurrection. Many modern cultures, eggs are associated with Easter celebrations and the visits of the Easter Bunny. Eggs are also extremely rich source of nutrients. Goody Tama is a cartoon character egg yolk. It was created in 2013 by the same Japanese company that created the very popular Hello Kitty. Guritama's main traits are it's always lazy, tired and complaining about how hard life is. It has become an extremely popular character, gaining a global following and a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes for its Netflix show. The original target audience was children, but it has surprisingly become very popular with teenagers and young adults who relate to its mood swings and moods. Gavin Chow is an economic expert. Tell me, Gavin, what link has this little egg got to do with worldwide economics? That's a great question, Owen. Um, for me, it started at the Easter show when my six-year-old daughter wanted to buy the Goody Tama show bag, um, which obviously got me thinking about property, central bank policies, and the state of the world. As Owen said, it's it's sort of it represents tiredness um, and the unbearableness that young people feel about life and and their disenchantment with work. Goody Tama himself appears to be having an existential crisis, and he's always questioning the meaning of life. And in another case of art imitating life, his behaviour is really a commentary on the human condition. The, the fact that this, po- this character has become so popular amongst millennials, I um, mean, it has captured something in the zeitgeist. And it's unsurprising that it originated in Japan, which has basically faced a soft depression for 30 years. The property market uh, has still struggled to recover since the 1980s, and it's, it's struggling with asset deflation and low growth. So a lot of Japanese youths find themselves in this precarious job market, and nearly a quarter of corporations in Japan require employees to work more than 80 hours a week. And although illegal, often this overtime is not paid. Seriously? All of that overtime? Surely with that number of hours being worked and being unpaid, there's got to be a big price that's then paid. Yeah, absolutely. There is. With it comes anxiety about their ability to support themselves. And if you can't support yourself, you can't start a family. 
And death by overwork has become so common that there's actually been, there's actually a word for it. It's called a karoshi. This is not just a Japanese issue. It's, it's, the show is gaining traction in the West. And it sort of, sort of indicates that the same kind of pessimism is amongst millennials here. When we looked at the University of Cambridge study, uh, we found that millennials in every global region had become the most disillusioned generation in living memory. They have low, low faith in democracy. They view leaders as morally flawed. And, and this, is a, this is sort of a global problem. So you've got to wonder if these uh, our Western uh, economies, the declining birth rate that we have, and we're getting married later in life as well, is, is that part of a knock-on effect from, from all of this? Uh, yes, it is, of course. Um, without the security of employment and with property prices increasing faster than incomes, like even for many people, even thinking about having children and, and an expensive wedding uh, is overwhelming. So it's clear that people know that something is wrong. They subconsciously feel it and, and their actions show it, but they just can't figure out what it is. And, and th- these people are getting left behind by the system, but they can't figure out why. If they can't figure out why, where can we start to get some answers around why this is happening? Uh, yes, a great, it's a great question. So the answer lies in the central bank policies around the world. So the endless printing of money uh, debases the currency, which... Uh, which means it reduces the purchasing power of money. And we, we don't really see this, but if we were to compare the strength of the Australian dollar with other currency, everything looks good. Like it looks like pretty well staying in line with other currencies. But the truth is that all currencies are falling in purchasing power. So understanding that fiat currencies are all basically sinking ships in the race to the bottom is, is really the key to understanding the problem. And, and it sort of explains why people who have good jobs, they work hard, they do the right things, like they live below their means, save money, and do the things that everyone said they should do to get ahead. They can't get ahead. And asset prices and the cost of living keep moving moving further and further from their reach. So if we were to measure um, average incomes against assets, we'd find that we can buy fewer stocks and fuel properties than at any time since the 1960s. And while our incomes might be rising in nominal terms, as in like the number keep goes up, it's failing to keep up with the rate of monetary debasement. One way to look at it would be to flip the equation and divide asset prices by money supply. And if we do that, you find that asset prices really haven't grown at all. And the price increases that we see are really just a reflection of the reduced purchasing power of the AUD, of the Australian dollar. So the only two assets that have effectively bucked that trend over time has been tech stocks, which increased due to Metcalfe's law. And Metcalfe's law states that the financial value of a network is proportional to the square of the number of connected users. So the easiest way to think about this would be like a telephone network where um, the more people that have a telephone, um, it doesn't increase linearly, it, it increases exponentially. And also property, that's the other, the other um, asset that's bucked that trend, but that primarily due to leverage. The net result of this is there's a widened wealth divide between asset owners and non-asset owners. Non-asset owners you know, overwhelmingly tend to be young adults and it's, um, it's unsurprising that millennials feel, feel disenfranchised. And the insidious negative effect of currency debasement on society isn't, isn't a new effect and it's really only accelerated um, since the GFC in 2008. It's effectively monetized housing into an asset class because hard assets are a good hedge against money printing. This is something that the wealthy know and it's probably why sovereigns like the royal family of England have chosen to store the vast majority of their family wealth in land over the last eight or 900 years. It's very interesting, you know, sort of bringing the, you know, the royal family, and I suppose that 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 also uh, a very interesting movie for people to watch would be uh, the founder about the uh, the guy that's credited with actually starting McDonald's because he realised that uh, the, the way to build his his own wealth and the security of the business was actually to go not sell burgers, but it was actually 
around the property. So tell me, is there a way to break out of this cycle then? There is. And for ordinary people like us, the only way to break out of this cycle is, is to buy assets. We are forced to play this game because of the way money is debased. And there's no real other option for us if we don't want to work like, um, like idiots, only to find ourselves going backwards. This is a very heavy subject yeah. <laughs> and I can see it's brilliant information that you've given us on this and I can see that uh, I'd recommend that people probably listen to the show a second time but I don't want to leave them in despair. I don't want them feeling like like a, a an egg here. Can you give us some positive news to, to finish up on this? There is some positive news. The good thing is right now when it comes to timing, the property market has carved out a bottom. It looked like it bottomed in September last year and prices are already beginning to creep upwards. So this is a perfect time to enter the property market. And there's a, there are a few other factors that, that we can look at. There's things like the Chinese liquidity conditions, which lead global liquidity conditions by about seven months. They, they bottomed uh, last year as well, mid last year. So, you know, a lot of things are looking good and the prices reflect that. So, with the right property and the right information and education around it, now is definitely the time to look at growing your wealth by investing in property, whether it's your whether it's your home or whether it's actually a uh, an investment. Yeah, absolutely. That'll cool. Be the way to go. Gavin, thank you for coming in and sharing some of your knowledge base here. Um, if anybody's got any questions, please send us an email um, here at the Clever Investor Podcast. Uh, links are in the show profile. And I'll see everybody again for the Clever Investor Podcast. You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au.